You ready? Let's get it on. Uh, I need to start the recording first. Hang on one sec. You didn't get Kenny singing? I did not get Kenny singing. <laughs> um, uh, Marvin Gaye? It no. is. Yeah. Uh, we are rolling. You know who was in the background? Um, Lem Barney was one of the voices. He was Cheryl, not that one, but what's going on, he was. Cheryl Crow. <laughs> I know, he takes the fun out of all the... What, what's going on? It starts with, hey, what's happening, man? What's happening? That's what's Lem happening? Barney. That's, it's the, uh, about three or four members of the Lions. Yeah, but that was about two albums before what Kenny was singing. Sorry. What are you capturing this? I all of you this. can't let anything go. All of this. Well, you, you know, well, in you, the interest of accuracy, just once, Fred. let us have one thing. <laughs> Jeez. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 286. Woo. December 16th, 2019. 58 degrees was the high on this day in 1939, and it was 22 below in 1876. And now. From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I just got this news. Breaking news from uh, Sanibel Jim down uh-huh. in Florida. To help enhance the economy, President Trump had a huge announcement Saturday. The U.S. Department of Immigration and Naturalization will formally announce that the department will begin the deportation of seniors instead of illegals in order to lower Social Security and Medicare costs. He went on to identify that older people are easier to catch and will not remember how to get back home. (laughs) I started to weep when I thought of the distress on you, Joe. Then it dawned on me. Oh, hell, I see you on the bus. And he sends a picture of all the seniors on the bus. They're getting deported. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Sanibel doing his own uh, Babylon B there. Good start. (laughs) Say the city of Minneapolis. I thought, well, the city of Minneapolis has declared a climate emergency. Another Again? one. Did, they, did, did something happen over the last two days that I'm unaware of? Is it emergency or crisis? Where well, are this we? is an emergency. They declared it Friday, demanding a mobilization to address the causes and consequences of climate change. The declaration recognizes uh, climate change as already affecting people's lives, health, and access to food and shelter with extreme weather and other destructive effects in Minnesota and worldwide. So there's a there's a new climate emergency. Hmm. Uh, climate change is impacting everything from our ability to put food on the table. Let me stop right there. Why then are new supermarkets being built all the time if there's no food in the chain? I have heard nothing about table. shortage. Yeah. Uh, climate change is impacting everything from our ability to put food on the table to what Minneapolis residents pay for infrastructure repairs. That's because you let it go, Fry. You're not paying attention to what you should be paying attention to. By declaring a climate emergency, our city officially recognizes the severity of the climate crisis, there's that word, and challenges us as policymakers to take stronger climate action. With this declaration, the city commits to establishing a social cost of carbon, a scientific monetary measurement of greenhouse gas emissions, damages to human health, food production, homes, businesses, and energy costs. It's never occurred to me that... uh, carbon uh, in the air is hurting my house. 
They're marketing a bill of BS to us, Joe, because all they're looking for here, and they're pushing this, and you've brought it up a million times, is a way to figure out how to tax us. That's right. This has nothing to do they're with, doing. This right. has nothing to do with nature. This nothing. is a, just a convenient excuse that they're all in on. The city will also establish a sustainable building policy to ensure buildings constructed with help from the city are energy efficient as possible. The announcement comes weeks after 11,000 scientists supported labeling climate change as an emergency. Well, I can find you 30,000 scientists who don't. Right. Minneapolis joins the U.S. House of Representatives, the Minnesota Climate Strike, Sierra Club, North Star Chapter, and I Matter in its climate emergency declaration. Uh, I see what the problem was with our timing. Oh. Uh, it was just the council's environment committee that passed it on December 2nd. Oh. Now, the, now the entire council oh. okay. passed it last okay. week. So they knew something on December 2nd. Yes. There was an emergency or a crisis, but it, the yeah. rest of them didn't weren't aware of that till today, Friday. Exactly. Still the best quote out of that came from our, our own boy mayor on that uh, December 2nd piece. Um, basically saying, I'm paraphrasing, this is largely symbolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never thought I would see, never thought I would see it. Just a minute, there's an email uh, relating to that. When I say I never thought I would see, uh, uh, here it is. This is from Keith Olson out in Terry, Montana. As I hurdle down the GL service road of life, yes, hurdle, I do my best thinking on my 40-mile one-way commute across the prairie at around 80 miles an hour. Multiple times you have stated that you never thought you would see such mass hysteria or delusion such as the climate activists and the sheeple who have chosen to follow the herd. Think on this proposal. I submit that the last time I can think of religion sweeping the Western civilization was when people accused others of witchcraft. Before that, the Spanish Inquisition. Both of these examples of religion that has jumped the rails... There was widespread mass hysteria and persecution of people outside of the club, a.k.a. the heretics. What is your take on this? Uh, cheers, Keith Olson. My take on it is you're right. I've often I've, I've often likened this to a theology. Mm-hmm. This is a theology. Mm-hmm. And I would be considered a heretic mm-hmm. uh, merely because I know what it is. And I, I, I deny what this is. I do not deny that the climate changes. The climate always changes. It's the reason that it changes. It just, it's, so, it's, so, uh, it's so with us. Uh, I read today, where did I read? You can find stuff every day. But I read something today about, well, climate change is causing the birds uh, to migrate sooner than they might. All right? My point being, wouldn't that be true throughout the millennia? It I mean, would when, be. When, the, when the climate changed in 1432, okay. probably some animals moved around. Because that, that's nature but, interacting with itself. It's nature in flux. Instinct. Yeah. This is just utter. To me, it's the uh, the audacity that you're going to stop nature from being nature. Oh, look at your last week. Uh, we lose some species, and then we gain some new species that we have absolutely no information about. Where, where in the hell is the piece that cut out go? the paper? We are going to stop earthquakes. I, I mean, that's how <laughs> audacious it is. Well... If it's a crisis, and it's an emergency, why do the supposedly best minds in the world, I, I say that somewhat sarcastically, why did they accomplish nothing at the U.N. climate talks in Madrid? Nothing. Just a thank, waste of time. Uh, thank God, by the way. 
It's just a delay of their taxation plans. Yeah, careful what you wish for, right? This, this, is, is, this has nothing. What they're up to has nothing to do with the environment. It has to do with the reordering of capitalism. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with what the temperature is supposed to be. Uh, global climate talks lurched to an end here Sunday with finger pointing, accusations of failure, and fresh doubts about the world's collective resolve to slow the warming of the planet. At a moment when scientists say time is running out. <laughs> They've been telling us time's been running out for 50 years. Right. And what no, do we have now, 12, time, 12 years? Well, no, but the loons have more than that. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we only have 12 years. Why is there a 2040 plan in Minneapolis? Good question. And ironically, at one point, we were running out of time because of the next impending ice age. That's right. And that was just <laughs> as late as the 70s, wasn't it? F, yes, uh, and it's true that uh, Newsweek featured a blue globe, a blue planet, and that didn't frighten people because red's more frightening, so they switched it to red. <laughs> After more than two weeks of negotiations punctuated by raucous protests and constant reminders about the need to move faster, bleary-eyed negotiators, I guess we're supposed to, I guess our sensibilities are supposed to think, oh, these poor people who work so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't feel that way about them. Uh, They barely mustered uh, enthusiasm for the compromise they had patched together while raising grievances about the many issues that remain unsolved. Uh, Let me, I won't read you the whole thing. Uh, It's fascinating. There were delegates from uh, 200 nations. They wrestled for more than 40 hours (laughs) past their planned deadline. They wrestled? I'm reading the Washington Post piece. They wrestled 40 hours past their death. Oh, those poor souls. They must have been exhausted. <laughs> drinking, or just... and drinking their water out of single-use plastic bottles, probably. <laughs> uh, making this the longest in the 25-year history of the talks. So for 25 <laughs> years, <laughs> we've been told we're running out of time and it's an emergency and a crisis. No, words mean something. Crisis means a difficulty you are facing right this minute. Yeah. Right now. This is right here, now. Here's crisis. That's a crisis. Run for your life. Uh, then you get down to this guy here. Uh, so, where is it? Some guy from Ethiopia or something saying, well, listen, uh, we, we have to, you know, we have to make a living. We, we have to mine and we have to work. And But this this all has to do with reordering what work would be and who would benefit from it. And who would be enriched by it? This has nothing to do. I hope you people realize this. I know GLers do. And I know it's euphorians, you're hard to bring around because you're faithless. So therefore, you're grasping at something that would pass in your life for a faith. And I guess you've chosen to believe that you have the power. Uh, you are vain enough to believe that you can change nature, which is impossible. Uh, humans are not bigger than nature. Anyway, they failed miserably at the U.N. I guess I guess I should be grateful for that because it's just merely delaying the inevitable, which is the reordering of Western civilization. Right. It has nothing to do with the snow or heat or thunderstorms. Nothing. Nothing. The fact that they did nothing is a slight ray of hope, but the end is near. They're going to come back at it again. The end is nigh upon us. Yes. <laughs> is that Shakespeare? You know, i got to tell you something. I'm pretty excited because I have been dealing with these people. For years and years and years, I could even make the argument that I've dealt with Schmelz, uh, Maplewood Schmelz, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. I can. What I are can, you? What are you? What are you saying? Here? They're joining us. No. Yes, you got them. Yes, Schmelz is in on board. I, I can make and, the argument. And uh, I have to. GLers 
Such went and got him because he's been talking about this for months. Well, I can make the argument that I date back to 1960 because my old man was a good friend of Schmelz and okay. bought a Volkswagen Bug in 1960 because Schmelz was the first Volkswagen dealer in the region. What was your What was your dad's motivation for buying a Bug? Having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool thing. They were cool things. And guys uh, of his generation, they they ate it up. They loved the mileage. They loved the fuel economy. They loved the shape. Uh, you'll recall that Volkswagen had a great advertising campaign. They're just very clever ads. And, Engine uh, in the back. Yeah, and it was great for winter. Got around had a gas heater, you know, right? Right. Yeah, gas, gas heater, heater yeah. right? Because they're uh, air cooled, aren't they, or fan or something, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. But right now, Schmelz VW, Schmelz Alpha Romeo, and Schmelz Fiat, and each one has their own website where you can check inventory. It's right on Highway 36 in Maplewood. SchmelzVW.com. It's S C H M E L Z. SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. SchmelzFiat.com. I have uh, purchased four cars from Schmelz. Uh, including what I always used to refer to as my half car. Yeah. That was a Volkswagen R32. 5,000 were made in 2008. I don't know if you were ever honest with the GLers about what that thing was, but that was the coolest car. It was a very car, cool hot rod. Uh, yeah, on the road. And I'm now driving an Alfa Romeo Stelvio. Stelvio is the name of a famous winding mountain road in and, uh, Italy. That's the one I rode with you to uh, downtown St. Paul. We crossed we, the river we, twice. Yeah, yeah. And then I, <laughs> I, I drove it home. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that just, was just f- just to see what it was like. Yeah, that was a cool car to drive. Plus that, I, plus that I can't see at night very well. By the way, I just walked through the uh, garage down there, and there was a security guard sitting in your car, really <laughs> making Again? vroom 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 noises. <laughs> Again? Well, welcome aboard, Schmelz. We're glad to have you. And uh, when you go there, will you please tell them you heard about us uh, or heard about them on the GL podcast because that's how they're going to measure the success that's been enjoyed by all our other sponsors. Mm-hmm. When do your ads start officially? Uh, I'm, I'm. We have a meeting today, and then I would imagine they'll start officially tomorrow, but I want to welcome them. Schmelz, VW, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat, Highway 36 in Maplewood. Not indoors. Joe Zuchere. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Zuchere. Yeah, that mix. That mix was sketchy. Yeah. I didn't have the slide pot up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the role of Reavers today. I don't want to drag out old, old news, old business here, Such. Um, but remember last week when I was talking about the CoffeeGrounds.com and the beer advent calendar? Yep. And I wrongly assumed that the first day of Christmas was, I don't know, the 13th or the right. 14th. Now you're rolling that out. And it made us feel stupid, and we got a lot of emails. We're not, we're, we aren't the only one. A lot of people think that. Yeah. And I've been hearing commercials on the radio and seeing them on TV making reference to the fact that last week, Friday or Saturday, was the first day of Christmas. Yeah. When in fact, the first day of Christmas is Christmas. Is Christmas Day. None of that matters when you uh, go to thecoffeegrounds.com, look up and order the 12 Days of Christmas Advent calendar. If you want, uh, we're GLers here, we're tolerant. You can start that baby in February. The main point being is you get 12 really awesome beers, limited releases, some cellared beers, the whole deal. Enjoy it when you want. Uh, and make it Christmas year-round. Hell, have one a month for the next year. Uh, and if you're on the road, and uh, you know what? I, I'm not even going to put it that way. I'm going to tell you. 
get on the road, get over to Eau Claire, bring your appetite so you can enjoy the full-on experience at the coffee grounds. Coffee, beer, liquor, biscuits and gravy, breakfast, lunch. For guys like John and I, supper. And most importantly, uh, in my world, most importantly, coffee beans. Eric and Julie, they searched the world over to find the best beans available. And they even gave us our own signature GL blends. Go to thecoffeegrounds.com for more information on that beer advent calendar. And then order up some beer. And then order up that, uh, load up that wood-paneled Country Squire in 72. Remember that one? Brown Yeah. Yeah. Load that baby up. Get over to Eau Claire. The Coffee Grounds located just north of I-90 on South Town Drive. Get to their website, thecoffeegrounds.com. Here is a real-life example of what the rulers in the salon have wrought. This is from the Wall Street Journal by Simone Barron. Uh, She is a restaurant worker and co-founder of the Full Service Workers Alliance. The people in the salon should pay great attention to this. The city's minimum wage, meaning Seattle, is rising to $16.39 an hour on January 1st. Instead of receiving a bigger paycheck, I'm left without a paycheck, all due to the policy change. That's because the restaurant where I've worked for six years is closing as a consequence of the city's harmful minimum wage experiment. I work for Tom Douglas, one of the best-known restaurateurs in Seattle. Mr. Douglas is in many ways responsible for the city's reputation as a foodie paradise, and he recently celebrated his 30th anniversary in business. He's a great boss, and his employees tend to stay at the company for a long time. But being an established chef and a good employer doesn't save you from the burden of a sharp minimum wage increase up 73% from $9.47 an hour in 2015. For large-scale employers like Mr. Douglas, there's no separate rate for workers who earn tips. In Washington and a handful of other states, tips aren't counted as income earned on the job. That means restaurateurs are expected to pay servers like me the full minimum wage in addition to our considerable tip income. Mm-hmm. When rent is too high, labor costs too much, and customers don't want to pay 40 bucks for a roast chicken entree, the only way for many operators to ease the pain is to close. So now, after six years working at Mr. Douglas's restaurant, Tanaka-san, I need to find a new work home. My first thought was to go back to Sitka and Spruce, a restaurant where I had once worked. I previously had to take on a second job there after the rising minimum wage forced Tanaka-san to adopt a no-tipping payment model, drastically reducing my income. As it turns out, I can't return to Sitka and Spruce. It's James Beard award-winning owner Matt Dillon is closing Sitka after 14 years, defeated by the one-two punch of rising rents and labor costs. Wow. You listening? People in the salon? You don't listen to GL. You should. Wow. As a worker, you're attracted to restaurateurs like Messrs. Douglas and Dillon because they offer job security and you know you'll make money. That's no longer the case here with a high minimum wage that ignores tip income. I often hear people in Seattle lament that it's becoming more corporate. The truth is that the city has made it nearly impossible for many small businesses to survive. Mr. Douglas is trying to find a role for my coworkers and me at another restaurant in his group. But I've started applying for other open positions around town. I landed an interview at a restaurant called Super Bueno, owned by another established chef, Ethan Stoll. Before I could even confirm the inter- interview, Mr. Stoll announced that he will close down Super Bueno at the end of the year. Wow. He's also closing or redistributing, restructuring two other restaurants. 
I've lived in this city for 20 years, supporting uh, my family thanks to the full-service restaurant industry. Today I'm struggling because of a policy meant to help me. Well, the government can't help you. I'm proudly progressive in my politics, but my experience shows that progressives should reconsider minimum wage laws that hurt the very workers they're trying to protect. I would like to hear some response from uh, from the parties involved. That, that, that's amazing. Isn't that something? That's really amazing. And she she wants to establish that she has her progressive bona fides. She wants us to know right. that she's a, a lefty. But even though they're hurting her. Even though she's awakened to the fact that uh, these policies are uh, ruining my life. So fast forward wow. now, between those, between the closings and the $16 minimum wage, where's the crossing point? Where's the point where, uh-oh, what have we done? It's already happened. Well, obviously, that, sh- that shouldn't be in place for restaurants, bars, et cetera, et cetera, where tips factor in. I would agree. It shouldn't be there. But when are these when are these uh, city councils that are making these changes going to go? Holy crap! We've got we have to reverse this, or we won't have any restaurants, we won't have any commerce, we won't have any tax base. I knew a gal. Uh, I still know a gal. Know her quite well. Uh, who at one point in her life was a bartender at one of the bigger music clubs in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, she still has in her possession a paycheck she received for the, from them for two weeks of work for one dollar. Oh. Meanwhile, <laughs> every night that she went to work, she carried home over $500 in cash. Oh. Isn't that something? It, it was a nice way to make a living yeah. for a single young yeah. lady. Yeah. It was really nice. Well, she, of course, she declared that to the IRS. Every single Every nickel. Yes. That's right. Oh, it's just amazing. The salon is, uh, they're ruining us. They're just ruining it's us. It's sad. Mm-hmm. And, and the irony is that that the food and bar business is really is really the going thing now. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, yeah, you, know? you couldn't be more true. The whole thing is based on the latest craft pub to open. Well, that's going to end. Then you got nothing. Right. That's going to end because they can't afford it. And uh, it sounds like she really liked the guy she worked for in Seattle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her whole what career? She said she worked in that industry, and now. It, Bam! Isn't it amazing, though, that she's still flying the flag for the salon? Mm-hmm. These bad things happen to her, and she still proudly calls herself a I'm progressive. I'm proud of my progressiveness, but and, I'm getting screwed. <laughs> and we don't hear one peep from the salon uh, on any of these type of issues. You want to hear something uh, equally as disturbing? Mm-hmm. This is from Chance Mitchell, who says he's pushing back, but pessimistically. I have stumbled upon a photo of a page from U.S. history preparing for the advanced placement exam that lists the Ten Amendments in the Bill of Rights. Compare how this book phrases those rights compared to how our founding fathers actually wrote them. And it is very disturbing. This is how kids are being taught uh, and what they will grow up believing. The mystery has been playing the long game and is winning. Here's a picture. Uh, U.S. history preparing for the advanced placement exam. Second Amendment. The people have the right to keep and bear arms in a state militia. That's how it's written? That's how they write it in this modern text. That's not how what the Founding Fathers wrote. Wait, read that again. What did the Founding Fathers write? Uh, I have a constitution with me. I'll go get it for you. The people have the right to keep and bear arms in a state militia. Well, that's not the full wording of it. That's all you're getting in this. 
Just a minute. Hold on. Give me that. I can look it while, up. While you run, give me Just that. Just give me the Second Amendment, Rook. Well, if you're going to stay here, you read it. What do you want me to read? Uh, Second Amendment. Uh, the first ten amendments. In 1789, the first Congress elected under the Constitution acted quickly to adopt a number of amendments listing people's rights. Drafted largely by James Madison, the amendments were submitted to the states for ratification. The ten that were adopted in 1791 have been known ever since as the U.S. Bill of Rights. Together, they provided the guarantees that anti-federalists wanted against probable abuses of power by the central or federal government. Here is a summary of the rights guaranteed in each amendment. Uh, First Amendment, Congress uh, may make no laws that infringe a citizen's right to freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. Congress may not favor one religion over another. Separation of church and state. That was never in the First Amendment. That wording was never in the First Amendment. Do you have the First Amendment, Matt? I've got the second. Well, what's the second? Uh, Second is the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution reads, A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right. And they, they've reduced it in the modern, uh, in the prepping for advanced placement exam, they've reduced it to the people have the right to keep and bear arms in a militia. You literally have to be belong to a militia before you have the right to have a, a bear an arm. Hmm. That's not what the founding fathers said. Read me the first one. If you can find uh, it. Let me go back. I got yeah. it. I got it here. Read me the first one, John. Congress shall make no law. Or stop. Uh, they took out the word shall. That's neither here nor there. Well, it is here nor there. Words mean something. They say Congress may make no law. Okay, go ahead. Uh, no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That's not what this one says. This one says Congress may make no laws that infringe a citizen's right to freedom of religion, speech, press, assembly, and petition. Congress may not favor one religion over another. And then parenthetically, it says separation of church and state. Well, the founding fathers had the, did not have those words in there. Uh, then this guy has his finger pointing to the Second Amendment, so I can't read the other ones. <laughs> but they're all changed. They're all changed to fit a Mysterian agenda. It's an, it's incredible what's happening. It's a free-for-all. It's incredible. It reminds me of the rewriting of the Bible that we've been seeing for years and years yeah. and years. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I uh, shouldn't surprise us. Downing, uh, I, I love our listeners because they really keep us in check. GLers are just, but, you know, almost to the point where they're anal. But wait a second. Yeah. Well, a lot like yeah. our buddy uh, Mr. Yeah. FYI yeah. here. Huh? But before you move on. <laughs> Just because they're teaching these kids uh, the wrong facts and these kids are growing up dumb under the impression that, you know, the laws are one thing, it doesn't change the fact that the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are still as they were. Yeah. May, so may I say an aside about the Constitution? Uh, the left has famously and frequently told us that the Constitution be, should be a more fluid document. Yes. Yeah. It, it yeah. should change. Yeah. But, but yeah. during this yeah. uh, impeachment proceedings, they are, they are literally genuflecting in front of the Constitution. They are. And, and bowing to it, as they should, and adhering to it, as they should. But when they're not in an impeachment situation <laughs> trying to get rid of a guy they don't like, all you hear is, I think this uh, Constitution should be changed. It doesn't really reflect our modern right. values. Right. right. Aren't we hearing more and more that this whole freedom of speech thing is way overrated? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Freedom of speech has come to mean that you have the freedom to disrupt other people's speech. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Downing uh, uh, keeps a sharp ear on us. Uh, Joe definitely said 7,500 miles to the gallon on a scooter for me, go fun. Right. We confirmed that right away. And John Height definitely reported on the spot shotter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the shot spot. Ah, well, so we stand corrected. Yes, and, and it's bad that I did that because I made fun of you the week before sure. for saying spot shotter. That's okay. A little dyslexia doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah. That's why I never make fun of either one of you two. <laughs> Karma. Let's stay with the Constitution. This is fascinating from Tim. On Thursday's podcast, you discussed the popular vote of the Electoral College. Here are some important statistics that show why the Electoral College is needed and why it won't be eliminated. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in 2016 by a margin of 48% to 46%. But her margin of victory was due to the lopsided vote in one state, California, where she won by a margin of 61% to 31%. If you add up the popular vote in all of the other 49 states, every state but California, Trump beat Clinton by 1.4 million votes. 58.5 million votes for Trump versus 57.1 million for Clinton. The founders were concerned about the large states controlling every presidential election. In 2016, we saw this concern taken to its logical extreme, a single large state totally dominating the vote of the other 49 states. That is precisely why the Electoral College was put in our Constitution from its inception. Damn, were those guys smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Law professor Elizabeth Warren likes to talk in vague terms about getting rid of the Electoral College. If she was a more forthright person, she would say that she wants to amend the Constitution in order to eliminate the Electoral College. Of course, she never talks about amending the Constitution because she knows it is a very difficult task and the president has virtually nothing to do with it. Amendments must initially passed by a two-thirds supermajority in both the House and the Senate, then the proposed amendment has to be ratified by three-fourths of the states, 38 out of the 50 states. That means it takes only 13 states to kill any proposed amendment. I can think of at least 16 smaller states off the top of my head that would never vote to abolish the Electoral College. North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Indiana, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, Rhode Island, and Delaware. All far away from the country's tallest buildings. Where was I? In addition, there are several very conservative states in the South that would never ratify this agreement and turn over all future elections to California, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Professor Warren's vague rhetoric is designed to rally her base, but she knows it will never happen. That's a ray of hope that that it can't happen. How I don't trust Warren as far as I can throw her. Think of the think of the stop and think of the brilliance of the Electoral College. Yeah. How did they foresee that this was going to happen? I mean, they were simple guys. They were really smart. Um, but this is looking so far ahead that well, how did, even at the time though they were you know the country was expanding, however slowly under their as they were forming the uh, as they were forming the playbook for the country, and they said they must have just said. You know, we got to watch it. If 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 New York is going to have all the votes, and and somebody in uh, the in what is now Indiana is not going to be represented, so they fixed it. Do they we even wow. do we even need to push back on this? I mean, are it, it, she's obviously pandering to the dumb. Mm-hmm. 
Every, you know, we know this isn't going to happen, but she says it anyway. So she's obviously pandering to the people that actually buy this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So why are we even pushing back? A candidate that ponders to the dumb. Huh? Panders, yeah. Go, go yeah. figure. Yeah. <laughs> That's happening everywhere, isn't it, John? Well, I'll just be quiet. <laughs> right. Speaking of that, your guy Bernie, John, is uh, <laughs> in the news. He's not my guy. I'm hoping you're going to have that when you're... I, I don't have that, but I can't if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, I think you need to bring it up. On my walks, I desperately, and I haven't yet, even though I've seen a picture of one, I desperately want to come across a Bernie Sanders yard sign with, with an unshoveled sidewalk. <laughs> so, and then I would love to see the owner of the house so I can say, are you waiting for Bernie to come and take care of this? <laughs> my favorite is the Bernie sign cut in half right? because yeah. the guy wanted half for himself. <laughs> you got to share your sign. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm listening to your Wednesday podcast of last week, discussion on light rail in New York City subways. I'm a 35-year resident of St. Paul. I grew up in the New York City area and now have a 30-year-old daughter who lives in Brooklyn and works in midtown Manhattan. My daughter will ride the subway late at night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. from Manhattan to Brooklyn and feels safer doing that and will not ride light rail here in the Twin Cities. Amazing. You are right that no one is paying for trains and buses. In August, while taking the express bus on Snelling from Highland Park to the State Fair, I paid for my ticket at the kiosk. As I stood next to the pay station along with about 30 people, I noticed that most people did not buy a ticket or scan a card to pay for their ride. Same thing happens when I left the State Fair taking the same bus home, not sure why this is not a why there's not a device on the bus to scan tickets to be sure they are paying contributors ps my st paul property taxes are going up for uh 2020 by 20% oof wow love the show wow. loyal listener fran wait a minute you guys are going to have to educate me i haven't been on I haven't been on the bus since the uh, early 80s. I don't ride a bus, but if I did, <laughs> yes, you did. thank you. Isn't, <laughs> isn't there a, like a coin box yeah, or a I scanner right when you walk in the bus? Uh, my and doesn't the bus driver go, hey, 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 hey? Okay, my son, uh, Gabe, just went on the bus this weekend, this past weekend. They were going from Devonis to Grand Avenue. He got on the bus. He only had a $10 bill. The bus driver said, just go. Because they don't give change. No kidding. Well, then just get on the bus every day with a $20 bill. Why not? Why <laughs> The second or third day, the guy might, bus, he might go, I, we know that trick already. Why don't we come back with Mr. Huh. John Height? spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushiro. R.F. Moeller Jeweler has been around for 68 years. And there comes a time during the year when even us curmudgeons got to use the L word. You know what the L word is. Yeah. yeah. Love. Yeah. Love. Honey, remember when I used to love you? Love. <laughs> they know that giving a gift of jewelry isn't about practicality, filling some need someone has. It's about love, plain and simple. And this is the season for expressing your admiration. And nobody can help you better than the people at R.F. Moeller Jeweler Stores. There's one in Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. There's one in Edina at 50th in France. And the flagship started by Mr. Moeller way back in the early 50s. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul. And a great website at rfmoeller.com. But that is the important message. You're not buying anything. Practicality is when I get her, you know, floor mats. WeatherTech floor mats. That's practicality. That's practicality. That doesn't say anything about the L word. That's not love. No. 
But diamonds and rubies and emeralds la, la, and gemstones la, la. and necklaces, uh, they all say something the about the The practicality gift, the, yeah, the yeah, formats. Right. You probably just could give her that on a, any random you Thursday. You could do that on a Tuesday. Yeah. Right, and yeah. she wouldn't notice anyway. <laughs> Guys, it's uh, time's getting uh, short, too. Christmas is a week from this Wednesday. Get to RF Molar Jeweler. They will solve every problem you have, and they'll gift wrap it spectacularly. Here's John Height. Before we do that, Joe, can we talk about the Garage Logic 2019 dumb dumb run? <laughs> yeah, our, our man Reavers bought a car sight unseen. That's the part that bothers me most. Sight unseen in California. Flew out to uh, L.A. yesterday, and you take it over. And left early, early this morning. I'm assuming. Um, before the sun came up, his goal is he has to be back here to work on Wednesday. And by by saying he has to be, Matthew, you're not going to be here. Correct. I, this so is, so, so he either's here or we don't have a show. If right. Reavers isn't here, we don't have a show on Wednesday. And he's saying it's not going to be a problem. And, and him and I, for the last couple of weeks, we've been debating his route. And I, I told him, take 70. It'd be he and I, but that's right. Take 70 through Colorado. <laughs> it's so awesome and scenic, but he wants to avoid all the mountain passes there. So he went to Vegas this morning. He got to uh, Vegas by sunrise. And then he's on his way now through Utah up to Park City. That's only a 10-hour drive. If, From L.A. to Park City? Yeah, if he's smart, he'd stay in that car for a good 12 to 15 hours, but he's going to overnight in Park City. That's just south of Salt Lake City. And he just sent us a video he shot on his cell phone, um, and it's not bad. This one's for you, Olsen. This one's for you, Olsen. Do we have to pay him now that he's been on the air? <laughs> One, two, three. Yep. <laughs> Is that Van Halen? Yeah. Yeah, doing the only version of this song that matters. Don't startle. <laughs> and he's going over something called, where is his tweet? Uh, Virgin River Gorge. And I have not been there, uh, and it looks spectacular. Do we... Uh... Do we point out our boys' hypocrisy? <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Let's let GLers do that because he's already receiving criticism yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So stay well, out of Donner's cave over there. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's, let's uh, let GLers point out the uh, yeah. boy. I was just about to ask a really dumb question. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I caught go, myself. Go ahead. No, 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 I caught let's, myself. no. Let's Full hear disclosure. It. Now, I just wonder if he could pull us in and listen to the show. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, in, a couple, okay. in a couple in a couple hours. Yeah. Maybe. Hang yeah. on a sec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's on. Um, he's on I fifteen, and uh, he's going through, or he has gone through Mopa Valley. Uh, Riverside. He's approaching Virgin River. He's uh, oh, he's approaching Zion. He's Man. approaching one of the most scenic parts uh, of oh, really? this country right now in mm -hmm. southern Utah. I really wish oh. we had a red dot, you know, following him. Oh, yeah. was like uh, Indiana Jones, where they follow the whole trek. <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, uh, fellas, uh, I'm really, really, really jealous. Really, you were one of his worst critics, <laughs> and you I, idiot. I no, I really wish this was me. I, I love driving yeah. across this country. Yeah. I just yeah. love Kenny it. Kenny told us earlier this morning, if it were him, we wouldn't see him for another five yeah. days. Yeah. No, still <laughs> stuck <laughs> out at the pass. God, yeah. yeah. God, what? News. Okay, before I get to news, though, <laughs> I did that just to see what he'd do. 
Hi, Joe. Hi. How are you? Uh-huh. Oh, here's a brand new one from oh, Reavers. Uh, <laughs> also, and, and this is this what does nothing for the listeners. Also, if you didn't think I would intentionally stop for gas in Beaver, Utah, then clearly you don't know me well. The crappy coffee shop man has a new mug, and the mug says, I heart Beaver. So, such juveniles. Right okay. now he's in such Beaver, Utah. Juveniles. All right, here's John Hyde. <laughs> Why, thank you, Joe. I'll read some news now. Oh. A, a female suspect has been arrested in a high-speed chase that led squad cars through the North Metro before coming to a stop on Interstate 35W, just south of US-10. A Ramsey police sergeant said it all started about 7 o'clock in the evening on uh, or at Bunker Lake and Sunfish Lake Boulevards. A single vehicle was stopped for a traffic violation when the suspect took off. The suspect captured on traffic management cameras driving a vehicle with lights off eastbound on US-10. The vehicle pulled over on an exit ramp into the snow before another vehicle appearing to be a squad car came by and nudged it out. The suspect then drove off again and exited onto southbound 35W. Ramsey police said officers used stop sticks on the vehicle twice. Chase ended once squad cars pitted the vehicle just after 7.15 near the County Road I interchange off 35W in Moundsview. Hey, was dummy. A- Tell us, tell us you at least checked the oil. <laughs> Before you left, did you check the oil? Nope. <laughs> oh, he did not. Oh, my God. I predict engine failure by the time you get to Denver. Ask him if he's at the Flying J right now. What? What, what Kenny? Flying J. Is flying he at, J? Are you at the Flying J? Chevron. Wow. Why don't we, we, just put we, sh- we should have yeah, just like, put him on the air. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's better to hear Bob Newhart's. Hear him, yeah. Let's hear Bob Newhart's version of it. <laughs> and then Reavers decided to tell a story. Is he it a is, town ball yeah. story? Obviously. Do you expect left. to get to Rapid City today? No. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No. We must be going 90. No. So he's skipping. So he's skipping Park City. All right. Well, be careful. Keep your eyes on the road. Goodbye. No, he's got to stop in Cheyenne at least. He's heading towards Casper, Wyoming. He stops to buy an he's, I Love Beaver cup. He thinks he's going to, well, okay, Casper, that should be doable. Yeah. It should be. Huh. From the Star Tribune, a Twin Cities man is taking a group of several well-known local restaurants to court over a 3% surcharge to cover the expense of health insurance benefits for some of its employees. 40-year-old Christopher Oshbach of Arden Hills has sued the Minneapolis-based Blue Plate Restaurant Company, alleging that, he has, that it has concealed the employee wellness surcharge from diners before the bill arrives in order to avoid scaring off business. Blue Plate operates numerous dining spots around the metro area, uh, Mercury, Shindig Event Space, the Freehouse, the Lowry and Longfellow Grill, uh, Groveland Tap, Highland Grill, Edina Grill, and Maple Grove, they have the Three Squares Restaurant. The suit filed in Hennepin County District Court says the Blue Plate has reaped hundreds of thousands of dollars in this scheme to defraud consumers by using the deceptive charge. I don't know if I believe that. Hundreds of thousands. $14. He bought a $14 order of oysters. Oysters, yeah. Okay, 3%. You figured it's 42 42 cents. 42 cents. I don't think they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, We don't know that. Uh, He says uh, Blue Plate does not disclose to its customers that it would add this charge to the bill. The suit says the lack of disclosure is done with the knowledge that if it did so, it would lose business. 
Public relations consultant Blois Olson, speaking for the restaurant group, said the mandatory surcharge is disclosed to customers. Olson said Blue Plate says it has had the sh- uh, surcharge info on the menu since they began charging it in June. Well, then there's no case. Yeah, well, he's, uh, Olson could not or would not clarify was uh, whether the surcharge has been noted on all menus at all restaurants. That would be lunch, oh. happy hour, dinner at all nine locations. It, you know what he is, so. does for a living? He's a commercial airline pilot. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that makes me nervous or I should be happy that he's this this anal. Yeah. Or maybe he's, for a pilot, that's a good attitude he's, to he's, have. Yeah, he's thorough. Dotting yeah. his eyes, <laughs> checking his T's. Yeah. But you yeah. know what, pal? You're suing for 42 cents, you cheap son <laughs> of a gun. <laughs> All I can think of is... I'm an airline pilot. <laughs> no, he's not. That's not. That's alleged. Foster Brooks. That's I'd be right. careful with this guy. This guy. I'd be careful with this guy. He must love to sue people. <clears throat> Okay, fellas, here it is. Los Angeles, California to Casper, Wyoming. It is a 15-hour and 38-minute drive, 1,074 miles. If the weather and the roads hold out, that's totally yeah, doable. Do it that. is, and he said he's exhausted. He got up at 3. Oh, and he's already exhausted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he might have to bail. He's got to turn off I-80 at some point to get up to Caster, uh, Cas, uh, Casper. That's in a town called Rollins. He might have to bail there mm-hmm. if he's tired. You know how you get when you've been on the road oh, 12 yeah. hours and the windows are all rolled down and you're propping your eyeballs. Open, right. Your head's kind I would of never. Around. I would never drive for 12 hours. Oh, it's doable. No, I know it's doable. I personally wouldn't do it. All that cocaine you do? No, that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> Riding that train. <laughs> I am cocaine. Okay, okay. Kid didn't think he'd get the debt out of that, did you, Ken? <laughs> I did not. The House Judiciary Committee releasing a report Monday laying out the rationale and charges that accuse the president of betraying the nation for his own political gain. President Trump faces two articles of impeachment by House Democrats as of that report, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. They point to Trump pressuring Ukraine to investigate 2020 political rival Joe Biden while withholding as leverage military aid the country relies on to counter Russia, as well as his efforts to block the House investigation. You know, I can see that guy suing uh, for a major purchase. You know, let's say you buy a car and you get the whole deal okay. all done, and they say, oh, by the way, you, you owe us uh, $1,232.72 for our employee wellness fund. No, no, you didn't tell right. me about that. You 42 didn't tell cents? me about that. But this is 42 cents. See ya. Yeah. He's, he's being a crank. Yeah. A crank. Uh, the, this, this whole thing with the, this thing, the okay thing. Yeah. We, really, the, we, I don't yeah. get it. I'm either. not down oh. with that. Army uh, Navy game. They, yeah. they got some Please. cadets doing this thing. The academies I don't are, get it. are looking into hand signs flashed by students that can be associated with white power and were televised during the Army Navy football game Saturday. Cadets at West Point and midshipmen at the Naval Academy in the stands both appeared to display the sign during the broadcast, according to officials with the two military academies. They told the Wall Street Journal uh, that they will be looking into both. So when you cheer something on and you go, yeah, is that black power because you have your fist in the air? I don't know. I I don't know. Let's Let's not be absurd. I mean. I agree. This is a stupid story. But this whole thing is absurd. Now, dude. I watched a little bit of that. Are they holding the okay? No, they're doing it on like because didn't this stuff. this originally started as putting the upside down okay symbol down by your crotch, and then if people and the kids started this, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have kids. If you look down there, 
and you acknowledge that okay symbol, you get like a punch in the shoulder or something. Oh, I, I, I it, st- it started it's as a, a stupid the, game. I actually had, you know, I went and researched all this because it drives me nuts. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s, it was a game, and if you, you did it and you acknowledged it, then you could hit the guy in the shoulder. Yes. Okay, and but it didn't have to be crotch. It could be anywhere. But then know. this isn't any part of No, and then that. The three, two or three years ago, white nationalist groups started using this as, you know, like a, hey, how oh, you doing, God. to other white nationalists. Okay, but they don't represent all of us. Like, we, we, we right. throw that so back that's what, I wouldn't care one bit about this, but it's one of the most favorite symbols at mm. GL yeah. and sports talk because you, who gave you one of these? What Bud was this? Grant. Yeah, Bud Grant all gave you. All I wanted you, from Bud was one of these. And wasn't, somebody was there with you and they're like, what, what, yeah. what? Yeah. And you said, one of these, yeah. and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. So the uh, the I'm guessing the only thing they can investigate is they can go to them and say, why did you do this? And if they say, I was playing the punching game, or or you know, yeah. because they they did it on the shoulders of other soldiers. That's tough to say. Shoulders of other soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, there was so, black and white kids mixed together. Yeah, there was. In yeah. fact, one of the black kids was the one that had the one yeah. a sign on his shoulder. So it in fact might be. The punching game. We don't know. We have no idea. Oh, but yeah, the, can, they have to go ask and find out. Can we concern ourselves with? I know it's just matter. it's such a weird little yeah. Like Reavers getting beat up on Twitter right now. <laughs> Is he really? It's awesome. Oh, yeah. God. I can't wait to go read this. I regret all that. And, and I end up taking this crap personally because if anybody's going to beat up Rook. And Reavers, it's me, <laughs> not you, me. <laughs> Nearly $67 million worth of jewelry was stolen from the London home of British socialite Tamara Ecclestone and her father, the former head of Formula One, thinks it was an inside job. Hours before the apparent heist occurred Friday night, the 35-year-old Ecclestone left the country for the holidays. The home, located on Billionaire's Row in Kensington, has 57 rooms and a 24-hour security team leading dad, Bernie Ecclestone, to claim conspiracy. He said, I don't have all the facts, but given all the security at the house, I'm assuming it was an inside job. Ecclestone was the head of the F1 racing empire until 2017. He said the police should be able to work it out, shouldn't they? Over the course of 50 minutes, three people allegedly broke past security checkpoints into the mansion, stole earrings, rings, and a Cartier bracelet worth more than 106 grand from safes. Ooh. They apparently ran when they were spotted by a security guard. Bernie Ecclestone said, Tamara luckily is fine, but she's not happy. Thank God no one was in the house. Which one is she? No one was (laughs) at home apart from the security folks. (laughs) A Michigan man who lost a thumb in a woodworking accident found a replacement for the missing digit. What? His toe. Is he doing this trick? (laughs) <laughs> in April, Aiden Adkins was, was cool. April Adkins was making a gift for his then girlfriend when he noticed what he thought was a piece of wood fly across the room. But it wasn't a piece of wood. Wow. How do you confuse that? It was his left thumb. Wow. He said I realized that what I had seen fly was not anything to do with a piece of wood. It was actually my thumb. The weird thing is it didn't hurt at all. Not even a bit. Unfortunately, neither Adkins nor his family could find the missing extremity, meaning emergency room doctors were unable to reattach it. Wait a minute. He saw it fly across and the room. And they couldn't find it. And you Thank can't you. find it? That's correct. I can yeah. get you a thumb. You can find a thumb. <laughs> right. Or a toe. For months, Adkins lived without a thumb, which accounts for about 40% of hand function. Eventually, however, 
Uh, he, enjoy, he enjoys target practice and working in taxidermy, decided he wanted to explore options for replacing his thumb. In August, doctors at the University of Michigan removed the index toe on his left foot and used it to reconstruct the thumb on his left hand. The surgery was successful. He spent months in hand therapy to build strength in the extremity. Kelly Nye is an occupational huh. therapist at Mary Free Bed Rehabilitation Hospital's hand therapy program. She said his thumb does bend and it straightens pretty well. Adkins says it's the most motion I've ever seen out of a toe to thumb transfer. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen oh. them all, believe me. Wow. What's well, an odd looking finger? Yeah. yeah. They took the second toe. They took the second they toe. I thought it would be the big toe. Yeah. It, well, that'd be, but it'd be kind of abnormal. Yeah, abnormal. John, that's just fantastic. So, it really is. Does it really that mean is. the nails all curled over and yellow and gnarly? I, I it looked hard fine. to cut. In the picture is that everything looked normal. Yeah. Huh. So. All right. Uh, that's dreadful. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be back. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Safer GLers only when you get to EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. GLers only. You're still getting Black Friday prices. You mentioned the GL podcast and you'll be taken care of. Uh, for Christmas, how about this? There's 10 different youth models of ATVs in stock. They're little. They're really, really nifty. And uh, GLers, you get a free helmet with every gas ATV. This is uh, this is the end of the year at uh, EcoFun. One hundred bucks off all electric bikes. That's on top of the year end prices. One hundred dollars off all in stock scooters. That's on top of the year end prices. Fifty dollars off all Stasic Kids electric balanced dirt bikes. That's never been done before. GLers only can take advantage of Black Friday prices now by mentioning the podcast and a full line of Yamaha winter equipment, snowmobiles, ATVs, side-by-sides. It's really, really a nifty one-stop shop for recreation. Speaking of that, I've been perusing Craigslist for snowmobiles over the past few days, and they've been putting a lot of ads on Craigslist, EcoFun has. Oh, yeah? They're uh, selling a youth model snowmobile really? out there. So if you've got grandkids or kids or nieces and nephews, uh, and from what I understand, the prices are really affordable. Hey, could I get away with the kids riding one in the city, I wonder? Well, who's going to tell you what to do, That's Joe? Right. Maybe around a seedy corner. <laughs> I mean, let's you. face it, the streets are, you need a snowmobile to use the streets. Right, and right. Yeah. You're a mayor. Come on. Yeah. Who's going to step to you? EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Let's visit the failed academy. And then I'm going to give you all a quiz. Oh, oh damn it. Oh. Should I be taking notes? No. Nope. It should occur to you. Uh, Portland State, starting in January, students at the public Portland State University will be able to take a course in queer ecologies. Uh, the class promises to use a queer lens to understand bodies, places, and uh, 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 bodies, places, and shapes. Students will explore how gender, sexuality, queer experience, and identity intersect with race, class, disability, and settler colonialism to construct bodies and places as natural and the role that science plays in defining nature. All the places we will go. I'm already confused. The Queer Ecologies Rethinking the Nature of Nature. This class uses a queer lens to understand bodies, places, and the environment. Give me an example. Uh, topics include queer bodies, queering settler colonialism, queer environmental politics, queering science, queer animals, 
Well, the course is taught by Lisa Weasel, Ph.D. Well, she is the author of Contagious Intersectionalities, Race, Class, and Gender in the Post-Geonomic Era, which, according to her biography, uh, uh, is uh, helping resolve the longstanding tensions between the social and material within feminist history. Huh? Her promotion for the upcoming course advertises that students will have a chance to study a wide range of topics, including queer bodies, queer settler colonialism. I have no idea what that means. That actually fascinates me. Queer (laughs) environmental politics. Okay, this is not the only social justice-related course offered at the taxpayer-funded Portland State. Uh, Students can also receive credits for taking eco-feminist spirituality. The course purports to be an investigation of different forms of feminist spirituality. What is an eco-feminist? Feminist? Uh, what is it? If I Google it? Well, feminist well, that recycles? What do we... What will I know if I Google <laughs> brings it? Brings bags to Lunds? Uh, Portland State has the lowest graduation rate of any university in Oregon. Oh, <laughs> it comes up right away. Eco-feminism, uh, a, philosoph- a philosophical and political movement that combines ecological concerns with feminist ones, regarding both as resulting from, oh, male domination yeah. of society. Oh, okay. okay, now I get it. Okay, mm-hmm. why Why in this case is the academy failed? That would be my quiz question. I have two answers. Well, okay. Um, I don't know. To, to be honest with you, the whole, what was the kind of gay pioneer thing? That, yeah. I'm curious about that. I'd like to learn more. That's fascinating to me. Well, why do they offer? Okay, my question <laughs> is, they failed because they're offering a inside look at um, gayness or... No, no, no. I'll no? just save you the trouble. Okay. Uh, I'll on my notes. There. I think it's failed because uh, this is yet just another set of courses you can't flunk. Oh. There's nothing you, there's nothing you can do I have do to, to admit, while you were running them down, I was wondering what the tests are like and how hard I was yeah. going to have to study. Well, you, won't. you can't flunk any of this I want, I want to know about the pioneer stuff because that fascinates well, me. Well, you keep calling it pioneer stuff. Well, well, it's well, it, settler colonialism. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. trying to research that, but that, I, I don't understand well, any the of other reason. What, I, what is that? I want to know more. The other reason, I, that's because you've been watching John Wayne movies. The other, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a hunk. The other reason I think the Academy has failed is that you have someone with a Ph.D. who would, uh, which is a meaningless Ph.D. in my estimation, we don't know what's in, that, that has written a book called Contagious Intersectionalities, Race, Class, and Gender in the Post-Geonomic Era. Okay, uh, maybe she's got a very legit Ph.D., but I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. This this here, here's what they want to do. They want to reimagine nature through a queer lens. Reimagine nature yeah. through a queer lens. So apparently, a, uh, through a queer lens, a tree might be different than a tree. Might be a different thing. All right. If you see a raccoon walking, it, it doesn't matter whether he's. But you see of, what I mean. You can't flunk this. I, th- BS. I, I think it's talking about the relationship between humans and the natural world. At least that's what I'm reading here. Well, I'm, I'm sure it is, but it's still meaningless. You can't flunk this. Right. Because we've, we've lowered the bar to the point where uh, you take a course like this, you could say anything you want about anything. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything. The problem is you're too smart for your own good. Uh, Matthew and I would go searching out for courses we can't flunk. <laughs> right there, boom! <laughs> it's like, why I took home ec. <laughs> it's why I took gym or whatever that feel? thing was that we had to take a shower after. Remember that class? How do you feel? Yes, <laughs> great yes. class. Yeah, I got an A in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your brain is getting in the way, Such. Ecofeminism is a branch of feminism that sees environmentalism and the relationship between women and the earth as foundational to its analysis and practice. Ecofeminist thinkers draw on the concept of gender to analyze the relationships between humans and the natural world. That is from Wikipedia. And uh, I got queer uh, settler colonialism. Yeah. What is it? The relationship between queer indigenous peoples and non-indigenous queers has a complicated history. Scholarship on queer indigenous peoples also has a legacy tied to misrepresentation and object, and it goes on like this for. But how do you learn this history? There's a book uh, put out by the uh, I mean, Minnesota obvi- University of Minnesota, University of Minnesota Press about really? this subject. Really? Because obviously yes. there's been gays since the beginning of time, but sure, yeah. y- you don't hear any history of them, it's especially not back that far. Yeah, I'm not sure what. Any of this means too far for you, huh? I just, I have a lot of questions about that period, Joe, and I don't want to leave any stone unturned. we got to put this lyrics to this. I'm hurt by you. You know. Gay, straight, upside down, flip me around, I want to (laughs) be with you. Sooch. Sorry. Sooch. Must (laughs) <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. Much like my question about pioneers and toilet paper. I didn't know you had a question about such things. You, you, you don't think about those things? I don't. Native American never occurred to me. And toilet paper. I never, it never occurred to me. Just get a big leaf. <laughs> Joel Stein, our friend up in Aiken, has fond memories of Doug Wu, who died over the weekend. I'm sorry to interrupt. Such, will you kill that for me? How do I? Uh, just click on it again. Oh, it's out now, right? Got it. Uh, Stein got to know Woog because uh, Wooger was a uh, big supporter of Camp Confidence. Yes. Up in that neck of the woods. And uh, Stein also notes he was a great golf teammate because he didn't take the game or himself too seriously. He was one of the guy. He was one we'll of the guy. We'll be talking about the Wooger with uh, Patrick coming up. Yes. Patrick yes. had a wonderful quote about uh, Woog and basketball. I'll let him recite it because I can't remember it word for word. But it was on his Twitter account yesterday. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. I used to dislike this greeting on the radio show, but I've really come to enjoy hearing the boys have to say hail you. <laughs> Catching up on last Thursday's podcast when I heard you read an email from someone named Anders and Kenny trying to tell you to pronounce it's it wrong. Anders. As you insisted, you pronounce it correctly. It sounds like Anders. It's I know this. Anders. I know this because my son's middle name is Anders. We came across the name in the family Bible. A great-great-grandfather had the name, and we liked it and decided to use it. However, I did feel like an idiot when you said that it is Norwegian for Andrew. The kid is 13 now, and thanks to you, I just learned what the English translation of his name is, which I chose for him. Learning more here by accident than elsewhere by design. If I said that Anders is Norwegian for Andrew, don't take my word for it. I probably just made that up. <laughs> right, right. And it's unverifiable for a couple of days. Well, that's right. I know guys named Anders. 
Yeah, I do too. Yeah, Anders. you're right. But this in this case, it's uh, it's Anders. Okay, uh, Stephen C. Anderson. Oh yeah, got yeah. his piano yeah. into the cathedral, but there was a harrowing moment oh, no, when no, the no. piano was on the steep steps going oh. into the cathedral that a 23 year old bolt stripped flew off the the holder of the piano, and they uh, they had to bring in a tap and die rescue. And all wow. I heard was. Oh, 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 oh. No, he got us. Uh, he got it in there. It, it worked out all right. Wow. He sent me pictures of it and everything. The bolt was the bolt that stripped out was on the piano. No, itself? the bolt that stripped out was on the device ferrying the okay. piano. Okay. Uh, okay, Joe. Listen, this is from Scott Mature out in Montana. Uh, Joe, listening to Friday's podcast and the story of the new executive vice president of the U receiving a salary of four hundred ninety-five grand. I have one question: Where are all of the woke students to question such an elitist salary? issued to this position from the very same failed academy that is indoctrinating students to seek out income equality and the merits of socialism. In a time when virtually all college students deem our current system as unfair, how does this faculty and president justify this to the student body without appearing to be the obvious hypocrites they are? We have a saying out here when someone claims something isn't fair. Fair is a place they judge the pigs. Keep pushing back, Scott Mature. I have an answer to Scott about this. All right. I, I know why there's been no student reaction, to, to my knowledge. They don't even they don't even know it. Yeah. They don't read the They're paper. Immune to it. No. Yeah, they, don't. they don't even know it, probably. No. What a beautiful place that must be. <laughs> I'm stealing that. Uh, fair is where you judge pigs. Line. Oh, you haven't that's heard, a great that? Line. Oh, that's, heard that? Yeah, my people love that saying. Guys, listening to the December 11 podcast, continued discussion of Joe's Time Magazine tweet. This recently retired English teacher of 35 <laughs> years believes that Joe meant to tweet that the magazine has long since ceased well, to be an important institution. That's what I said. I know you did, John. I'm punishing myself right now, okay? You don't have to go FYI on <laughs> Sorry. Right? Sorry, my bad. Uh, rather, than it, rather than it has long since been an important institution. The presence of sense is not the confusing issue, but the absence of ceased does confuse, even alter, the sentence's message. I'd have returned it for revision. Sorry, Joe. Tom. Well, he's right. Thank you, Tom. I, I made a mistake. Height was the first one to educate me about that. I thought I was. Uh, uh, and Scott Mature also weighed in about that. He sent me an email last Friday. Uh, the vocabulary he chose and the structure in which he formulated his sentence was completely deceiving. Uh, his, he says his editor for the articles he writes for the local paper would not have accepted that <laughs> sentence ex accepted <laughs> which was beautiful the chief writes uh, this past weekend armed with supplies from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware I was tasked with painting the kitchen cabinets every few hours I would take a break from listening to hockey or football crack some suds and replay the first 25 minutes of Thursday's show Listening to the newly formed GL band with Stephen C. and Johnny had me wondering, any chance they'll be playing background for the GL Wives Choir or putting out their own Christmas album? Thanks to Stephen C. for dropping in. It made my weekend project almost enjoyable. And again, he was using the products he needed from one of the Fratelloni's Ace Hardware say, stores. That pin, that little bolt they needed, yeah. but they got it at Ace, yeah. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. Sounds to me, seriously, that they the movers had to bring in a tap-and-die guy. Wow. And yeah. reconfigure that thing somehow. Boy, nothing makes me more nervous than tapping in new threads. Ugh. Especially with what God knows what that piano's worth. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was on the steps. It was like this. It was, oh boy. 
like going uphill. That's how, think about how nervous he was. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back with Johnny Hayes. I could sorta hear that, Matthew. Sorta. I can hear it crystal clear. You're out of practice, my friends. D, uh, my friend, DKMags.com. DKMags.com. I think my suggestion for you, I think you can get it done on the website. They're up in New Brighton. Great shop there. A great option to cross a few items off your list. And if you can't think of anything that your loved one wants, I know he's got a safe full of firearms. He or she does. Let me give you a tip. Ammo, 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 ammo. And if that doesn't trigger you. (laughs) That's terrible. That's terrible. That's just terrible. (laughs) Buy him or her or they a gift card. And I think you might be able to do that on the website. They are the best gun shop in town. Uh, They remind me of the shop at my hometown. You walk in, you say hi, and you start touching everything in the shop. Let me see that one. Let me see that one. Very, very uh, friendly, helpful service. Dandy selection of firearms, ammo, all the good stuff. Uh, Even if you just need advice, stop in, call, go to the website. They will help you out. The fellas at DK Mags in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're wonderful. They're there to help us. They'll do it without attitude. Monticello Pond and Gun, waiting for you right off I-94. Pull in, take care of business, get back in the freeway, boom, you're up to the farm in no time. All part of the DKMag.com family. Get started on that list. They're right here in the heart of Gumption County, Monticello Pond and Gun and DKMags.com. Johnny. Yes. You're on. Thank you. One sports note, two University of Minnesota Gophers made the Associated Press All-America College football teams released Monday morning. Sophomore safety Antoine Winfield Jr. was named a first-team All-American. Sophomore wide receiver Rashad Bateman named to the third-team All-America team. Number one LSU and number two Ohio State each placed three players on the first team. If you're getting uh, short on news, I have two items I'd like to introduce. But go ahead. Yeah. Just give me a look when you need help. I you're got, struggling. I got a lot, Kenny. Now, yeah, now, yeah, Kenny yeah. Say, it kind of sounded like you were struggling there with that item, but go ahead. Every time you look at him, he'll think, is that a look? Was, my, that, was that the look? My first story, he told me I was struggling. Here we go. A Los Angeles <laughs> police officer who allegedly fondled a dead woman's breast oh, was yeah. charged with a felony. No, and that's all I have that was so disgusting to disgusting. me. And yeah. w- w- this I should actually... You know what? I'm going to keep this one until Positive Thursday. It's so cool. Then keep it. Yeah, I'm going to keep it. I hope I have it in my news just to screw you up. (laughs) You better not. (laughs) Just to screw you up. In news, a trial scheduled to start for a former University of St. Thomas student accused of calling in multiple fake bomb threats was postponed Monday. Court records show the trial was scheduled to begin Monday but didn't. New trial date has not been set. Investigators said they think 20-year-old Ray Persaud was behind three separate incidents in April, August, and September Authorities were then able to trace the origin of Prasad's calls to his home address in Blaine, leading to his arrest. Grand jury indicted Prasad in October. Bernie Sanders, the Vermont senator and Democratic presidential candidate, aggressively opposing a major league baseball plan to cut 42 minor league teams across the country after 2020. Among the targeted, the Vermont Lake Monsters, the single-A affiliate of the A's from his hometown of Burlington. Okay, so that's his connection. I was wondering why he cared. Yeah, that's why. Trying to save his hometown club? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to uh, make his point Sunday, 
Uh, he briefly took batting practice in an indoor turf field as representatives from three small-town Iowa teams looked on. In August, Sanders played softball with reporters on the state's cornfield-ringed Field of Dreams, the set of the Hollywood hit of the same name. Uh, Sanders shed his signature suit jacket to take swings in a sweater over a dress shirt. With a staff member slow pitching, the senator dribbled a few grounders to his left, then lifted a ball in the air in the same direction before joking. He was aiming another grounder off his bat at a CNN reporter. <laughs> After about six hits, he dropped the bat and said, okay, that's it. Does that remind you of anybody that we know when he gets behind the drums <laughs> after about six bars? Okay. My wrist hurts. I, I'm, I'm fine. My wrist doesn't hurt. Okay. It's my shoulder, not my wrist. Oh, I see. Uh, taking the diamond demonstrated physical stamina for the 78-year-old who recently had a heart attack while also letting Sanders press a larger political point he's trying to make, saying owners are too rich and putting profits ahead of the national Pastime. Go away, old man. Right. Just go well, away. Do you agree with him? No, I don't care what major. I don't care what baseball does to its minor leagues. Okay, nearly all of. Well, do you? Obviously, what was that? Pause? No, I don't know. I, I, all right. That means they, you know. right. the best part of the story is the part you can't really talk about. It's the picture of him swinging madly at a ball that looks like it's a foot yeah, and a it, half, a foot and a half above the. He's bat. not even close to it. <laughs> not all, even close. And he's got that gritted look on his face. It's just <laughs> fantastic. The Twin Cities has lost an elder statesman of the jazz world, Irv Williams, Mr. Smooth, Mr. Smooth. He toured with Elephants. Gerald recorded with Dinah Washington and declined invitations to join both Duke Ellington and Count Basie's bands. The saxophonist Williams had world-class talent but preferred to stay in the Twin Cities and raise his kids. He backed a lot of famous names, Tony Bennett, Billy Eckstein, Andy Williams when they came into town. He also played his own gigs well into his late 90s and recorded several albums throughout his career. He taught music at St. Paul Central High School to students who probably didn't realize that their instructor had gigged back in the day with a who's who of jazz, including Dizzy Gillespie and Sarah Vaughan. He's called Mr. Smooth. He died Saturday at the Episcopal Homes in St. Paul, 100 years old. Wow. 1994, he was the first jazz musician to be honored by the state of Minnesota with Irv Williams Day. The next year, he was named as a jazz master by Arts Midwest. Last year, an Irv Williams Fellowship for Young Students was established at McPhail School. Did you ever hear music. him play, John? Yes. Yeah, he was a wonderful not. player. I that he was. Yeah. He's on plenty of recordings. Yeah. Oh, I've heard him play, but I, I never had a chance to see him live. No, I didn't see him live, but I've heard recordings. How cool would it be, though, to have him as your band teacher? Oh, yeah, but yeah. the kids they, didn't yeah. know. I'd have to call him Mr. Smooth. Uh, Mr. Smooth, I have a question. <laughs> That's and so he, cool. he played up until six months ago. He was still playing yeah. gigs and stuff. Yeah. So. Nearly all of Representative Jeff Van Drew's Washington staff has resigned as both Democrats and Republicans harshly criticize the moderate Democrats' apparent decision to switch parties, just as the House prepares to undertake its vote on articles of impeachment against President Trump. Van Drew hails from a conservative district that for 24 years before his election was represented by a Republican. He's one of only two Democrats who voted against rules laying out the impeachment process. According to a letter from his five staff members, sadly, Congressman Van Drew's decision to join the ranks of the Republican Party led by Donald Trump does not align with the values we brought to this job when we joined his office. His decision also drew bipartisan condemnations. A Republican running for a seat called him a weasel who was not to be trusted. A Democratic foe labeled him as a traitor. The world's oldest living couple celebrated another major milestone when their senior living community in Austin, Texas, threw them a party for their 80th wedding anniversary. Wow. 
That's a lot. 80? Did they have Gronhoffers? Uh, they should have if they did. Sure. Boy, that'd be special, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Because Although uh, there's snow on the roof. Yeah. There's fire in the belly. Before you uh, tell us what they had to eat, yeah. uh, Gary Fishbach of Mendota Heights writes, Last week I made the 25-mile voyage to Hugo from Mendota Heights to Grunhofer's. I was there on Saturday morning at the opening, and there were many people already there waiting for the store to open. Wow. I bought a nice selection of uh, brats and summer sausage. On my way home, I realized I didn't buy any rookie burgers, which means I need to make another trip. Mm. Uh, well, when you do... Uh, make sure you uh, check out the beef brisket, bacon, and blue cheese burgers. Also, Spencer has added choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast, double-smoked hams, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops and roast, pickled herring, and here's the phone number because they'll put together a gift box uh-huh. for you. 651-426-2800. 651-426-2800. That gets you to the city desk at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in downtown Hugo, right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, and of course they are noted uh, for the 130 different flavors of lean pork brats that must be grilled and not boiled. But, but get that gift basket. Man, what a great idea that is. They'll put together a gift basket for you for uh, whatever event you got coming out. Let me give you the number one more time. I didn't hear you say anything about smoked salmon. They got right here, smoked you? salmon. I just added that That's what okay. he's got featured. 651-426-2800. Right. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. One more thing about Grunhofer's. Yeah. You know, it's great there, and it's all their burgers are really good, but for a snack, they have these little sliders. Oh, boy. And you cook them up, boom, and they taste so good. Mm. Just throw them on top of a Hawaiian bud. And mm. you, good you know how when you're at the store, like at like maybe Target or a grocery store or wherever, and you grab a you grab a Snickers right off the rack there, right next yeah, to the sure. checkout. Point of, point of sale. And yeah. then and then the checkout gal or guy will say, "Should I keep that out of the bag for you?" Yeah, that's what they do at Grundhoffers with the smoked salmon. <laughs> you, you just carry that out <laughs> because <laughs> they know you're not going to get out of the parking lot <laughs> without finishing that off. Oh boy, I bet your truck. Will they at least wrap it in some paper for you? No, no can't why, you just why bother? Hand? No, just, open it up for me. Yeah, Let's go. Sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, couple that have been married 80 years, John and yeah. Charlotte Henderson, they have an aggregate, uh, aggregate age of 211 years and 175 days. Wow. A love story that's, that's too long. Quite literally stood the Come test on, of time. Admit it. They're married 80 years. That's, that's too long. To celebrate their 80th year together, Kenny, yeah. 106 year old John picked up 105 year old Charlotte in a 1920s roadster. Oh. Just like he did on their first Date. Okay, you're liking it. That's yeah. cute. That's cool. Friends and family. No, that's not cute, Matthew. That's cool. Oh, it's romantic. You know what it is? L. Ugh. Love. Ugh. <laughs> Friends and family. I'm gathered. surprised they let the old codger drive. I was. Uh, with, uh, yeah. they, they all stood very far away. Yeah. Got some big, huge Coke <laughs> bottle glasses. <laughs> you Friends and family gathered at Longhorn Village to celebrate the couple with lots of food and a slideshow filled with pictures of the couple over the years. Jason Free, who helped his great-uncle and great-aunt get recognized by the Guinness World Records in November as the world's oldest living couple, talked about what made them special. He said they're an example of everything that's good, a very happy couple, glad to be around each other, travel together, and live life. <laughs> They'll never make the wall of the Krabby Coffee Shop. No, we'll no, no. Is that in Los Angeles? Yep. No, that was in Austin, Texas. Just to show you how old they are, Yeah, they met at the University of Texas in 1934. Isn't that something? Married well, in 1939. Right. Before I've got World the perfect thing for them to do. Huh. Mm-hmm. For their next anniversary, they should book a nice, wonderful reservation at Jack's Cafe. 
Online at jaxcafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. They can get the GL Rookie VIP date night menu because time's running out for I'm these. I'm going to get them up here. Yeah, you get them in the 1929 <laughs> Roadster. Roadster. Bring them on up. But the, somebody will chauffeur them. But they'll be able to choose from a four-course meal for two. Includes a bottle of wine, and it is going to be, they're going to be just wowed by the back patio. It is all set for the Christmas holiday for New Year's Day. In fact, it's very romantic. If you are in the, in the mood for some L, Kenny, some love, <laughs> bring your date, bring that gal you have over to Jack's Cafe. Call 612-789-7297 for a reservation, or just go to their website, jackscafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com, if you want to book your party. You're running out of holiday time here, but maybe put on the docket for 2020. Call them and let them know that the Rook sent you from the Garage Logic podcast, jackscafe.com. I, I didn't really think that story would be so useful to the podcast when I brought it in. Thank you very time. much. Yeah, <laughs> Grun Hoppers so and Jacks. If you're going to use the L word, uh, get to an RF Moeller Jeweler store. Time is running short. Damn, you're good. Yeah. Damn. DK yeah. Mags, ammo, ammo, ammo. <laughs> Scooters wow. at Eco. Cars at Schmelz. Yeah. Coffee at the Coffee Grounds. Really Meat at Grunts. Really good uh, Italian food at Man City. Man Uh, Speaking of older folks, uh, it's been uh, the most wonderful time of year for one elderly resident at a nursing home in England. Her Christmas wish came true earlier this month when she was surprised by a male stripper with a large chest and big biceps. Oh. The woman? What about the important part? (laughs) How old of gal is this? 89, Joe. I see. 89, and she's identified as Joan. Uh-huh. She put her unique request on the wishing tree at her Glastonbury Court Care Home in Barry St. Edmunds, Suffolk, in New Eng- uh, in England. Excuse me. Well, she saw the stripper come in. Will all of this make Jack Benny come back? I, I bet she dropped her teeth right out of Probably. her face. Probably. Boom. She? <laughs> she asked for a hunky, exotic dancer dressed as a firefighter. That's what showed up. Determined to make her dream come true, the court staffers arranged for an oiled-up stripper to visit Joan and her pal, 84-year-old Pauline. To the woman's delight, the brawny dancer stripped down from a fake fireman's outfit into his underwear, swinging his belt around Whoa. in a spirited performance. <laughs> Had you worried, didn't I? I can't believe that yeah. made the news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. How, how did that happen? Uh, I, I, am, I am not going to lie to you. This is about the third year in a row the same kind of story is happening. Where, where, I'm hot today. Yeah. Where a stripper goes and visits an 85-year-old woman in an right. old folks home. Looks Johnny, like I, it looks like yeah. I'm out 20 bucks because he's going to Reavers is going to make. Where it. is he right now? Do we know? Uh, he's he's got to be in Wyoming by now. Or is the first pass he had to go through was that little pass just east of Salt Lake City? A wonderful little pass there. And then it's freeway uh, almost all the way to Casper, just an hour or two on a, a four laner. What are we calling this? The Dumb Dumb Gumball Run or what? No, the GL Dumb Dumb Run. I'm dumb just dumb. hoping he makes it. He better get off the road if he's tired. For sure. Yeah. All right, if you uh, if you are tired of this podcast, well, because it's over, there are many others at garagelogic.com that will entertain you. And if you aren't on a long trip, there's a long list of podcasts that you can certainly listen to. Check them all out online at garagelogic.com. You're running out of time. You want to order your uh, GL stuff right away. Don't delay. Go to garagelogic.com.